you first have to understand mm-hmm. their current state. Where are they today? Right? So mm-hmm. what's going on in their world today that would compel them to change? Like you have to understand that first. If there is no compelling reason to change, they're not going to buy a thing. So most salespeople miss that piece in totality. So the first thing you have to do is assess mm-hmm. where are they today? And in that mm-hmm. place they are today, is it untenable or intolerable? In other words, untenable, can they no longer defend it? Is it indefensible and intolerable? Can they no longer stand it? And if they're in that place, then you have an opportunity to sell them. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Keenan. Keenan is a CEO, president, and chief antagonizer for a sales growth company, which is an international sales consulting and training firm. Keenan has been selling something to someone for his entire life. Welcome to our show, my friend. Thanks, baby. Great to have you, man. I checked out your LinkedIn and you're doing a lot of great things. I try, right? I try. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So I saw a little story about your mom. Like she had an influence on your success when it comes to sales, right? Yeah, I didn't realize it at the time. When we're kids, we want our parents to say yes to everything. Now, I grew up yeah. in the 70s. Is a, I turned 12. Wait, hold on. Turned 12 in 1980. So all my preteen years were in the 70s. And, and I don't know where it came from, but I got influenced by that whole 70s culture. And so I wanted to put Playboy pictures on my wall in my bedroom. And yeah. I convinced my mom to let me do it because I understood a win. <laughs> what was important to her, right? Like she had this very, yeah. what you could say, a very progressive at the time parenting style that was about letting kids develop themselves and make their own choices and blah, blah, blah. So knowing that I framed the request in terms Mm -hmm. of what was important to her. And so it made it difficult Mm -hmm. for her to say no, because she still could have said no, but I framed it. Yeah. And that's how it happened. So I look back, I realized at the very beginning, that's how sales works. Yeah. Just framing it the right way where you could. It's not about you. It's about them. Yeah. And they make the decision for themselves. Yes. You allow them to sell it, basically. No, I had to okay. sell it. I had to yeah. influence her decision, but I had to give her decision criteria that allowed her to see that this was helping her, not helping me. Yes. Different perspective. So can you walk us through a sales process, your sales process, and how you adapt to different industries? Because your clients are in different industries, right? Don't adapt to different industries. Don't adapt. Mm-hmm. If you have a selling quote unquote process or method and you think it needs to adapt for industry, you don't have a real sales methodology. So it goes with all. Goes with all. Selling doesn't change. Mm-hmm. The way you, the way I sold to mm-hmm. my mom, the way I would sell, a, if I had to sell a pack of gum or if I'm selling an ERP system or I'm selling a prom dress, it doesn't matter. The process mm-hmm. is always the same. So can you share that process with us? Yeah. So it's what I talk about in my book, right? You first have to understand Mm -hmm. their current state. Where are they today? 
right? So mm-hmm. what's going on in their world today that would compel them to change? Like you have to understand that first. If there is no compelling reason to change, they're not going to buy a thing. So most salespeople miss that piece in totality. So the first thing you have to do is assess mm-hmm. where are they today? And in that mm-hmm. place they are today, is it untenable or intolerable? In other words, untenable, can they no longer defend it? Is it indefensible and intolerable? Can they no longer stand it? And if they're in that place, then you have an opportunity to sell them. So once you first understand where they are at current state and it's untenable, untenable, then you want to find out where do they want to go? If you don't like where you are, okay, great. Now, where do you want to go? And once you understand mm-hmm. where they want to go, that space in between the two is the gap. And the bigger the gap, the more value is there is into changing. Now, also, though, it costs more money to change. It's more work to change, more effort to change. But mm-hmm. if the gap is big enough, then it won't matter. So what salespeople do is they never understand the gap. And they get trying to get a buyer mm-hmm. to buy. And then 99% of the time, when someone doesn't buy, it's they usually buy for no, no decision or status quo. They just stay where they are. That's because the rep never found out that where they were, the problem wasn't big enough to change. And that definitely requires some precision listening. Precision listening, yes, but just as important, precision question asked. You can't just sit no, back and listen. You can't just be like, yeah. okay, so what's going on? Questions. Yeah. yeah. You can't do that. Like You have to know how to diagnose. And, mm. and salespeople, sales organizations, sales leaders, very few people know how to diagnose. They just don't. You have to be mm. able to understand what questions to ask, when to ask them, how to use active listening to take a conversation in a particular direction, know when to ask something. It's just diagnosing is a skill in itself. You're able to train people with that diagnosis? <laughs> Look, it gets to a point like anything else. I can teach you how to play offensive line. I can teach you how to play quarterback. I can show you what a 4-3 defense looks like versus a 3-4. I can show you what to do when the cornerback shifts left right before the snap count. I can show you what to do if a safety drops in. I can show you how to pick a or a notif- uh, recognize is what I'm looking for. Recognize a zone defense versus a man-to-man defense or zone outside. Like I can teach you all of that, right? If you don't have the arm, right, to get the ball to the receiver, if you don't mm-hmm. process information quickly, right? If mm-hmm. you don't have a great memory to remember it, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you don't have the ability to scan the field quickly, yeah, you're not going to do well. So like anything else, mm-hmm. we can teach people, and Gap Selling does the best job in the industry of breaking down what to find in the current state, what information is important, what to find in the future state, how to calculate the gap. We can do all that. But like anything else, some people are going to be really good at it because they're naturals or they have the skills and other people are going to suck at it because they're just not smart enough. So the ones that are suck at it and they're not smart enough, you don't sign them on as a client then? Like what do, what do you do when no, you go that, into that, an organization? We work with companies. We don't work with people. We don't work with people. Exactly. Like if, you go in, if, you go into, yeah, if you go into a company and you find those individuals, <laughs> what do you do in that situation? Nothing. So what we tell organizations is don't be surprised if anywhere between 10 and 20 different 10 to 20% okay. of your people can't do this, but Just that's their job right. to provide the coaching. We'll provide coaching after the training. We have all kinds of retention mm. packages. So we'll work with people for a while. We let people know that mm. you may just not have the right person in some cases, and you'll have to figure out what to do with it. 
And you seem like a very energetic and confident individual. In sales, confidence is very important. When you work with someone that lacks confidence, how do you help them? Is there any tips that the listener right now that is not that confident can take on and try to work on? That's a big question, right? So when, yeah. if someone by personality rest? isn't confident, that has nothing to do with mm -hmm. selling. That has everything to do with their own sense of self, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you aren't confident, then you got to go back to the drawing mm -hmm. board. If you're a person who's not very confident as a person, I suggest therapy. I suggest self-assessment. Yeah, yeah, because right? that's basically okay. a foundational stuff. Yes, mm -hmm. that's all foundational. That's a reflection of how you perceive, Yourself. and it just happens yeah. to be manifesting itself at the workplace as you're trying to sell, mm -hmm. etc. So I can't help yeah. that. Now, if you're not right. a, if you're someone who's not confident, you're confident in yourself, but just not confident in selling per se. Mm -hmm. So then, that's mm -hmm. an issue of belief, belief in the product, self belief in. I'm sorry. Self-image, the self-image. No, that we left self-image. The first one I talked about self-image, I left that. But people can have a strong sense of self, but not be confident mm -hmm. in something they're doing. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm very confident, but if you ask me to go, go try to, I don't know. Go, yeah, <laughs> if, right. you ask me to, if you ask me to manage your money, yeah. I'm not confident. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't. I'm not. That's not my skill set. That's not what I'm good at. That's not what I'm confident mm. in. I don't, I'm not very good at trying to pick winners and losers in the stock market or the difference between a treasury mm, bond and, and that stuff and know when I should use. No, that's not my skill set, right? So I'm not going to be comfortable. Mm. So if you're a salesperson, you're in mm. sales and you're not confident, then you got to ask yourself why. And then you got to start doing the work to get comfortable as a salesperson, right? The other thing is mm. people are always comfortable if they believe they can help somebody. If you mm. believe you can help me, you're confident. Here's a great example. Take the most unconfident person in the world. They go see a movie they absolutely love to death. How confident are they when, are they, when they try to tell you to go see it? They'll sell How it. confident are they? Gene. They'll sell are they it. confident or not? They're that confident that they will sell that movie. They'll get that person to go watch it. Yes, it's belief. So just yeah. confidence is the result of belief. So that's just mm. individual work. Why don't you, mm. why are you doing something you don't believe? Yeah. Cool. And so 37 years of experience, that's phenomenal. You can probably share some common misconceptions about sales, right? And can you share some and how to handle them? Yeah. I talk in my book, I have the five sales myths, right? Mm. One is that yeah. sales is about relation, relationships. Sales is not about relationships. Sales is about credibility and sales is about helping. So a relationship mm -hmm. can be developed by happenstance, but your goal should not be out to go out and actually build a relationship on likability. Who cares if someone likes you or not? You should go out and build a relationship on uh, credibility. So yeah. the first one that sales about relationships and being liked, you buy from people they like and trust, that's bullshit. That they buy from people they trust. Mm. They don't buy from people they mm. like. Couldn't give a shit about liking you or not. They want to know if you're credible. The yeah. second one is uh, price matters. Price does not matter. Everybody thinks it's always about price. I just posted something the other day on, on LinkedIn. Okay. Price is not, sales is not about price whatsoever. Sales is about value, but you have to understand how to calculate value and how to get a buyer to understand what value is and how they measure value. The best way I describe this is if everything was about price, the cheapest thing would always win, but the cheapest thing doesn't always win. In the States here, mm. you can go into a lot of convenience stores and you'll see the water bottles, the water bottle section. You walk in, in the coolers mm. and there's water bottles, I don't know, mm -hmm, boss, mm -hmm. sweet feet, you know, all that shit. 
They sell mm. them in the 750 milliliters and the one liters and the 1.5 liters. And they yep. average anywhere from $3 to $7, depending on the size that you're getting in the bottles. But in the bottom of the case, on the very floor, is where they sell the gallons of water. How much do you mm -hmm. think the gallons of water cost? More. No, they cost the same. A gallon of water will cost the same as the one liter. Why? Because nine out of ten times, the people who go into the convenience store, it's a convenience store. They don't want a jug of water. You can't drink a jug of water in the car. You can't take a jug of water to it your desk. It doesn't make sense. It's too much I water. I haven't even looked at the prices. Yeah, that yes, makes sense. Yeah, so why would, it doesn't make any sense. For in a convenience store to pick up a gallon doesn't make sense because there's Thank a you. fast place, right? Yeah. So if it's always about price, that gallon of water will be mm. always more expensive. But what we're sense. saying subconsciously is, hey, I don't need that much water, so I will pay you more to give me less because it's inconvenient. So it's mm. never about price. People just can't get that through their heads, yeah. right? So it's never about price. Another one, it's like pitching is not selling. Everybody thinks that, oh, if you're a really good, gregarious, articulate person, you're a better salesperson. No, pitching is not selling. Pitching is mm -hmm. what happens at the end when you finally understand, and it shouldn't even be a pitch, it should be a recommendation, right? Mm -hmm. So pitching is not selling. So th there's a whole handful of these myths that people think selling is about that it's just not, it's just not about. That was great information. It got you excited too. So that's good. Yes, yeah, it always gets me excited. <laughs> that's awesome. What's the most important skill a salesperson should have or should develop? The ability to diagnose. The ability it's to diagnose. Everything. I'll say it again. If you can't mm -hmm. understand the problem you're trying to solve for somebody or mm -hmm. somebody's trying to solve for themselves, if you can't understand that problem, then you can't mm -hmm. help them solve it. And if you can't help them solve it, then you offer no value as a salesperson. Questioning, proper questioning and yeah. thorough listening, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look, you could argue in many ways that a head of HR who's looking for a new HRIS system is coming to you because for the same reason you would go to the doctor. You're going through your life and everything is great. And then something happens and you're like, my life isn't great anymore. I'm having stomach aches. I've cut my wrist. I broke my arm. I, or I hurt my arm. I, I'm not sleeping well. I don't know. It doesn't matter, right? And you get to a mm. point, you say, I don't like this anymore. And you go to mm. the doctors so they can figure out what's going on and fix it. Well, that's exactly what's happening in the business world, okay? The business world is going along, doing what they're doing. Life is great. And then all of a sudden, stuff isn't great anymore. And they're trying to figure mm. out, how do I get back to great? So right there is how it is. Life isn't great anymore. How do I get back to great? What happens there is the great salesperson defines, well, what do you mean it's not great? And they dig in and they uncover why it's not great anymore. What's going on? What has happened that has made it untenable mm. that you no longer want to be here? Back to your arm. Mm. I hurt my arm. What do you mean you hurt your arm? Well, I can't do this and this. I can't move it. Well, why do you care? I can't write. I can't drive. I can't play my favorite sport of tennis. All right, you don't want to stay here. You don't want to spend the rest of your life not being able to do those things. Probably should change. But I don't know what's wrong with it, so I can't fix it yet. Let's go figure out what's wrong with it. And then you say, and what do you want to do with it at the end? Do you care if you can keep playing tennis? Nah, I don't care if I keep playing tennis. I just want to be able to drive and write. Okay, so that's going to change my, di my, my, pro my diagnosis. 
surgery yeah. might be what I need yeah. to get you to play tennis. But if you don't give a fuck about tennis, we could probably just put it in a cast. And once I figure out what's wrong and do that. So that changes the solution I recommend. Back to the HR person. Figure out what's going on there. Where do you want to go? What do your new customers look like? What are the things that are affecting you? Are you out of compliance? Are you not able to manage employees? What's going on? I figure all that out. I'm like, okay, here are some solutions based on what you told me is wrong, based on where you want to go. But if you can't diagnose, you can't do any of that. So salespeople don't get it. It's not, if doctors acted like salespeople, there'd be a lot of people walking around the world right now. Because you'd walk in so and you'd true. say, my arm hurts. Like, oh, yeah, okay, great. So let me tell you about how radiation works. And they start trying to sell you radiation as if you got a tumor in your arm when it's not a tumor. It's a ligament or it's not a ligament. It's a muscle tear or it's a – you see what I'm saying? Mm. That's what salespeople do. Yeah. They just sell shit with no mm. understanding of what mm. they're trying to fix. There has to be a deep level of care as well when yes. they're questioning. They have to really care because when you have that care, you can actually dig deep. Yes. Yes, 100%. Mm. Mm. So can you share like any particular out of this world type of challenging sales situation that you were in, in your history and your experience and how you overcame it? Yeah, that's interesting. So generally speaking, if you properly diagnose and mm -hmm. you properly sell, you shouldn't have too many difficult ones. And if you do, you mm -hmm. just get rid of them. So one of the most difficult ones I can recall in a long time was this guy from Alabama. I didn't see his face. We did all the phone, yeah. but I could just tell he had to be in his mid fifties, sixties, something like that. And he was just this indolent, combative CEO. And I kept asking him to help me understand what's going on in his org. Like, why would they want sales support? Why would they want sales consulting? Like, what's I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Like, why did you even want to talk? And he goes, saying, look, son, I, I, yeah. I don't need to walk you through. I just want you to tell me what you do. What do you cost? What do you do? How do you do it? Why are you different than other people? Yeah. And I gave him like the quick 30 second elevator pitch. And I said, but outside of that, yeah. with all due respect, son, I don't know that I can help you. I need to understand what's going on in your org. And he just wouldn't give me the information. So I basically, I just don't think we're a good fit. Let me give you some name of other people. Beat it. If someone's not going to let me help yeah. them, just like a good doctor, I'm not going to try. Yeah. Go to someone else. Yeah. You come to me and say your arm hurts, yeah. but you won't let me do an x-ray. You won't let me feel it. You won't let me do an MRI. You won't let me do anything. But you're telling me you want me yeah. to tell you how what type of doctor I am and how long I've been in practice and blah, blah, blah. No, go find someone else. Can you share with us what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in your life? Oh, I never Damn. thought I was going to get you to think of an answer. But right like... Now. Believe it or not, I don't just spew shit off the top of my head. If I'm spewing something off the top of my head, I, I had given yeah. it thought before. So you see what I'm yeah. saying? So when you ask about sales, mm. I spend so much time thinking about this that I'm just yeah. repeating something I've said a thousand times. It's the back of this your head. question, this question, I haven't really given Take much your time. Take your time. Thought to because the word superpower is throwing me off. I don't really feel like I have a superpower. Yeah, just something within that's driving you that drove this entire experience and where you are today. What has to come things. from I think it's a couple of okay, things. Good. One, mm -hmm. is it the fact that I, I'm, I'm making this word up. I'm life claustrophobic. I don't like feeling boxed in. I don't like feeling mm -hmm. I don't have control. I don't, I don't like feeling like I'm out of, like, I don't have a set, like I'm out of control, that I can't do what I want, mm -hmm. that I'm stifled. So that's the first Restrictions. Thing. Restricted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm, I don't like to mm -hmm. feel like I'm restricted. So I have yeah. life claustrophobia. So. One of the first things right. I kept doing is the only way to not feel restricted is not have to rely on anybody or work for anybody. 
So that gave me the motivation to figure out what I needed to do Good. so that I didn't have yeah. to work for people. Because like, I cannot Good. work for people. I, I awesome. can't do it. So that, I would say that's, that's awesome. one. I say another one is that I have no say in is I just got lucky. LeBron got lucky how big he is, right? Everybody wants to talk who's better, LeBron or Michael. Hands down, Michael's better. LeBron is amazing, but he had so many more natural size and gifts and size and strength. Basically, mm -hmm. LeBron was a either a mini Shaq or a, or a giant Michael, you know what I'm saying? No matter how you want to look at it. So just his size and strength that he had nothing to do with growing, growing into that gave him an advantage. So from that perspective, I would say it's how I think the way my brain worked has been a superpower, my ability to break down problems and process information and really look at, if you ever seen a look at multiple facets, you know, you can, some people see four or five, like, I can break a problem down to like nine to 12 different facets and look at it so many different Good. ways that then allows me to attack it different, attack it differently. So I would probably say those two fear of fear of cool. Thank you so much for sharing those. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show. I know you're a busy guy and also appreciate that you agreed to help us promote your episode on your network. We call it let's grow together. So appreciate that as well. And again, if there's anything that we can help with, let us know. If you're launching anything new, we can do this again. And uh, thank you. All right. My pleasure, bro. Audience, my pleasure. Audience, thank you so much for joining us. Keenan's information will be in the show notes. Uh, if you have an organization, you see the energy, you see the skills. He's fired up on what he does, the passion. So get in touch with him and see what he can do for your organization. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys helping us grow. Couldn't do it without you.